ready. two, three, go! D&D! D&D, here we are. Welcome to episode 53 of Hit Dice, America's favorite Dungeons & Dragons podcast that is quickly coming to an end. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Wesley Brant Cordell, and I'm joined here by my players. Your don't, name is Brant? Yeah, don't hate the players, hate the game, Stuart. I'm joined by Caleb Hanks. Now I'm changing my name to Brant. <laughs> Brant Hanks. <laughs> it's horrible. It sounds almost as bad as it does being my middle name. I'm Brant. <coughs> Hold on, Caleb's choking on a Reese's peanut butter egg. I'm Brant Hanks. Oh, by the way, as long as we're here, if you call them Reese's, uh, unsubscribe from our podcast. Reese's. Reese's. <laughs> uh, I'm Brant Hanks. I play a guy on a buffalo who, who is a human ranger who multiclasses a fighter who has a skeleton buffalo. Long story, but you're listening to the podcast, so you probably know it. Oh, Rachel Brand Watkins! <laughs> hey, everybody. My middle name's actually Leah, which is because Rachel and Leah were sisters in the Bible, and for a long time I thought I was going to have to marry somebody named Jacob, because they both did. Wow. So that's my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Hey, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I never met a Jacob I really I like this guy, but his name isn't Jacob. <laughs> Damn it. I think I'm in love, but I can't be. It's forbidden. <laughs> anyway, I'm very happy today to be playing somebody who doesn't have a prearranged marriage in their mind from the Bible. Her name right. is Callista, and she's a tiefling bard. Nice. Hyper-specific, but also relevant. Yeah. Nina Brent Larson. My middle name is Francis. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frankie, hit us. I think Francis is way worse than Rant, but okay. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Nina. Francis. What? I like, I like Francis. Francis. Yeah. I like Frankie. I'd go by Frankie, but um, anyways, I'm Nina Larson, and I'm like You almost said Brant. Uh, Nina. Nina fucking Frankie Larson. Yeah. Hey, hey fuck Frankie, it. tell hey, us who you're playing. I'm playing Adelaide, the half-elf warlock. Oh, so you've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Brant Clark. Alan is actually my middle name. Hector Brant Clark. There you go. Uh, <laughs> playing Patches, the half elf, thief, rogue, who is hey. now. Oh, well, I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. Never mind. Hey, little known fact, listeners uh, Alan was actually born an evil villain. His first name was Hector. When he was born, he changed it so that we wouldn't know that about him. I didn't change anything. That isn't true. <gasps> Secret. <laughs> Jonathan Brant Gunong. Uh, middle name is Charles, and I'm playing our old Tink Tink Garwin. Uh, the definition Aww, was nobody calls you Tink Tink anymore. Know, it fell off. You like became a badass, and I feel yeah. like nobody can call you that. Nope. You know. <laughs> and guess what, listeners? You dumb idiots who pronounce Reese's wrong. We're level seven now. Woo! Oh shit! And we're gonna go in the reverse order and tell you what that means. As a level seven dungeon master, it means that my encounters get a little harder to follow, and that I slur more words. Jonathan, what does it mean for you? Um, my HP went up to 47, which Holy is exciting. Cow. Seventh level kind of sucks for a wizard. You get a fourth level spell slot, but just one. And that's it. <laughs> what did you take? Um, Do you want to keep it a, under wraps? you want to keep it a well, secret? Yeah, we'll keep it a secret. A secret? A soggy secret from Jonathan Brant Ganong. Alan, what's level seven mean for you? He took Storm Sphere. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we want to um, find something so we can laugh. Hector in real life there and are Hector no in game. At the table. Yeah. Um, uh, at level seven, I got evasion, which is like any AOE spell I can 
a roll of save or something. And you don't take the and half I, damage. If I fail, I take half damage. If I succeed, I don't take any damage. That is and so then, dumb. And now Who's I have my sneak attack is an extra 4d6. <laughs> Holy fuck. And I'm at a massive, whopping, huge 48 HP. Woo! Huge. Hey, that's oh, one wizard level. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's one more than Arwell Brant Garwin. Uh, Nina, what's level 7 mean for you? Are people going to steal our information now that they know our middle names? <laughs> I have announced our middle names long before this episode. Oh, my Twitter is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows identity theft. Um, so, level 7 Adelaide. She's buff. She's 60 HP. Although I did That's roll a fucking one. crazy. I rolled a 1 on my D8 this time, but I just took it because I'm very Hell strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's your constitution? I think it's because friendship makes you weak. Uh, plus 3. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's Bitch been working out. All you got was okay. HP and muscles. No, I um I also got a f- new fourth level spell, banishment. So that, that, is that a might good come in spell. handy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I only have two spell slots, so yeah. that's not fun. But total, yeah, total <laughs> until like huh? level eleven. Warlocks, huh? <laughs> but I also got an eldritch invocation where I can, if it's in dim light or darkness, I can uh, use my action to become invisible. So that's how, it. How about so that? What's level seven like for Callista Brandt Astoria? It's um, <laughs> level seven is not very exciting. Right for, for the Bard. B. You just keep on playing those G's Basically, and those C's. So, yeah, I um, <laughs> those A's. Rolled up to a nice forty-eight hit points, just trying to keep it on par with the boys there. We're all hanging around the same. Is everybody's level. HP forty-eight? What's happening? There's a forty-seven in there. Forty-seven, right? 47 48, 48, 48, yeah. 65, 60. 45, 40, yeah, forty-eight. Eight. I got to add one spell. <gasps> And I picked... Is it a top, is it a top secret? Dark. No, but where did I put? Where did I put? Oh, under the dimension deep. door. Whoa, you guys got banishment and dimension door? Yeah. Woo. That's, because as, I a, got, as a collective, those are two really fucking cool spells yeah, to have. we're going to have a good time with that. Yeah. Um, so that's my first ever fourth level spell. Um, I also got to add a spell slot for fourth level as well as another slot at third level. And we don't shame here. So, thank you. Yeah. But I like my slots. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) They deserve respect. What up, slots? (laughs) They deserve respect. Uh, And, you know, I think that that it is no exaggeration to say that Guy came out with more advantage than anybody with this past level up. Uh, Guy Brant on the Buffalo, what, what did level seven do for you? I am a man without a home, for I am neither level seven nor am I level four or three. I'm both. Turns out we accidentally leveled up guy <laughs> way before this. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I think what would have happened if I had leveled up this time around, I would just describe to you what I got as a fighter, since I've been talking about ranger bullshit for mm-hmm. the whole first half of the podcast. But at yes. level three as a fighter, you get martial archetypes. And I took mm-hmm. Battlemaster, which nice. gives you uh, maneuvers, superiority dice, and some different random shit. And you can kind of pick some different random little tasks. And I took uh, Repost, which nice. basically lets you uh, use a melee attack if somebody uh, misses you when they try to hit you. Uh, I took um, Tripping Attack. I think that's on there. You Trip just, attack. You just put your leg out? And yeah, you just put <laughs> your yeah. leg out. You have to Oops. be level three to do that? Mm. That's nice. <laughs> and disarming attack. Nice. Good stuff. Um, okay. Hey, who's recapping? Not me. Not it. Nope. I'll uh, do it. Yeah. Oh, Caleb volunteered. <laughs> we got sucked up into a big butthole in the sky. 
All right, let's do it. Episode let's 53, go. here we go. Uh, you guys were in the monastery. You were trying to solve a mystery and uh, unanimously decided, you know what? Fuck the mystery. Let's just go right to where we think the shit's happening. Uh, you were specifically <laughs> told not to disrupt the ritual and you did. Yeah. <laughs> and you ripped, a, you ripped a big hole in the sky and you destroyed a tower. Not you specifically, but like, you know, you did not not make it happen. We tried really hard. You did try really hard. Not and you, disrupt you got so far. And in the end, it didn't even matter. And yeah. a big hole ripped open in the sky. Gravity reversed. You all were holding onto the ground for dear life. And then Patches just like let go <laughs> and shot up into it. Everyone followed him. And as you did, you left uh, the north behind. Molemaster, you left the... Monastery of the Yellow Rose all behind and you can and see it Buffalo. closing and Buffalo is still in a pile of snow with his two red eyes showing chattering his teeth to warn you all that bad guys are on their way <laughs> and as you you shoot through this rip that is up in the sky you continue to free fall you were continuously free falling but what's strange is it feels like you're falling upward but you can feel that momentum you all have fallen many 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 times in your adventuring careers uh, as short lived as they may be but it feels like you're falling but the wrong way it's a really strange sensation but as you come up even as you are all tumbling and falling over each other you see these other two little creatures just like <laughs> like they're also like falling with you and they can't seem to get control of themselves but as you enter this place it seems like you have entered above the clouds and it's no longer nighttime anymore there is sun all around you on one side of you what you can capture with your vision as you were tumbling over yourself it looks like the sun is setting and on the other side it looks like the sun is rising and in between those things you can see these enormous billowing clouds you can see constellations being formed in between them far in the distance you can, see, you can see nebula as far as your eye can see these big orange and green and blue clouds rising over the horizon. And it looks like the Aurora Borealis is dancing on top of all of this. And it's all happening at once as you were like falling. And as you are falling, you see some forms in the distance and it seems like they are flying. You see some enormous forms that are shimmering far on the horizon that are catching these beautiful lights and stars and sunsets and sunrises on all of their scales. As you see this enormous bronze dragon and all of its little baby is flying in like this V formation like far in the distance. But as you were falling, you hear this really loud, hollow. And as you hear this, you hear this thunder just like clap. And as you do, you feel this air suck back where you came from. And as it does, this explosion just boom, like out toward all of you. And you see what looks like a dragon's head coming up and through this thing. And the only reason that you can tell that it looks like a dragon's head is because of its enormous size. It's actually almost completely invisible. But this figure comes out much like a traditional Japanese dragon, a long flowing body and it keeps flying out from this point that you all made in this place and you can see the thunder crackling inside of it and you can see it starting to wrap around all of you as it is flying through here and as you are caught up in all of this, you're tumbling inside of it and you can feel the chill inside of this thing, you can still see through it and it is bending all of those lights over you to where they're washing over you in this really beautiful like gold and orange and blue and purple light but at the same time you can feel your bodies freezing and failing you and you can hear this thing roar out. And as it opens its mouth, you can just hear the thunder out from it one more time. And all of those creatures that are far on the horizon, you see them quickly scatter. And as you all are in the center of this tempest, you all are, we're going to do a skill challenge. Um, so you all are falling. You are free falling up as fast as you can. And this thing is not 
Um, I wouldn't say that it is necessarily attacking you. It just seems like it is so fucking large that there's no way out of it. And it doesn't seem like there's a, a way out in sight. It seems like it's still coming out of that point. And at this point, this thing seems like it is bigger than your hometown Raven's Bluff. It's bigger than any single city you've ever been in. Just this creature's enormous size. It is almost the size of a giant turtle that you all have ridden before as you are caught in the middle Not of it. The but <laughs> Not the turtle. But as you all are doing the skill challenge, everybody roll initiative for me. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> Aren't right. I on your back? Didn't I jump on your back? I remember jumping on your back. I think so, yeah. That's how we got you through, because you couldn't get up there. <laughs> yeah, you did. You flew with me. So I think, I, no, you were, like, hold, helping her, and then she decided to let go, oh, and you just went with her. Oh, because I can't spider climb on you. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, here we go. Yep. <laughs> I'd like to thank your piggybacking. Give me those initiatives, boys and girls. 20? No way. Way. A happy face beside your name. Yeah. I like you. Eight. Oh, God. Patches? Hmm? 11. Arwell. 22. Ooh, guy. Seven. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Baby dice, don't, don't fuck me. So as you all are falling through this, uh, I need everybody to make a constitution saving throw for me as this is all starting. As uh. This thing is wrapping around your bodies, and you are just, like, quickly flying up and into the air through this that strange plane. Patches, what'd you get? I got a four. Ouchie. Oh. Arwell? 11. Uh-huh. Adelaide? Seven. Jesus? Calista? 13. 13. Uh, guy? 16. Okay, so... Uh, what did you get? 11? Four. Okay. 11. I got a four? four? Oh, you did well. Okay, so Patches and Adelaide, as this thing is wrapping around you, Adelaide, it's not a feeling that you're unfamiliar with, but you feel your body starting to seize up. You can see those crystals forming on you, and you can hear that thunder clapping around you, and this thing is just, like, wrapping around your entire party. It's whirring out. It doesn't seem to be aware uh, that you guys are inside of it, because you're, like, in the center of the coil. Right, as you're like falling straight up, and it seems like this thing is trying to go somewhere, and you're just falling in the same direction as it. But you and Patches are both going to take three cold damage. I haven't been cold in so long. <laughs> what is this? Uh, and with that, Callista, you are up, and I will give you an additional action of your choice. You can Ooh. use it as creatively as you like. And okay. just to remind uh, you all and the listeners, a skill challenge is aimed to encourage you all to be creative and to convince me as the DM that something works, not to only rely on the mechanics of a rule. In the past, I did it uh, that it was only skills, and you could only use a skill that someone else hadn't already and that is still in effect but from here on out I am going to allow you all to use your spells and any actions that you might have at your ready I would still prefer you to convince me with a skill and once someone has used that skill it can no longer be used by someone else Okay, Clist, you're up. Are we still wearing our monk robes or did we? I'm pretty sure you guys are still wearing your monk robes because okay. you went up to that lady okay. and you were trying to talk to her. Oh that's right. Yeah. 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 Failing miserably every yeah. time. Yeah. Rough. Because I know nothing about monkdom. I think whoa, 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 whoa. Do we have like, do we have our shit? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we just went through a big butthole in the sky. We go out to inspect <laughs> yeah. something like the tower. I was we like, we're in another plane with, with like nothing. Monk robes, and that's <laughs> it. No underpants on underneath. <laughs> just right. one wind chime. <laughs> Woo, that's place, drafty. We would have taken our <laughs> stuff with us yeah, to be yeah. prepared okay. for whatever we all right, all right. interact okay. with. We even discussed the fact that yeah, we're probably gonna end up on another plane when we go do this. So we should probably be ready. I don't know why you would think that. I don't know patterns, whatever. Destiny. Callista is going to make use of her performance ability. Nice. A little differently. Um, I want to tear off part of my monk robes. Hot. 
and very <laughs> natural twenty for hotness and um, plunging neckline. What uh, I'm gonna are do, you trying to cancel the cold damage that was done to your teammates? <laughs> yes, no, not really. I'm trying to um, want to make use of my tail and my dancing ability mm-hmm. and my costuming, sort of all in one as a performance. Sure, and use the fabric to fashion sort of like a rudder kind of thing. That's to so put cool. On my tail. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and since I still have spider climb uh-huh. on me, I think, and Adelaide is still clinging to me. <laughs> I'm going to make use of some very creative dance moves in this thing I've constructed on my tail uh-huh. to flip around and try to redirect us so instead of falling up, we fall the opposite direction and hopefully out of this thing. Okay, eventually. sure. Roll your performance. Uh, that's a really great turn. I'm super convinced of this already. <laughs> I like that you're trying to correct two of you, too. I, this is fun. Thank Plus, you. I lost her once. I will not again. <laughs> I really thought you were going to like use the fabric to baby Bjorn. Is that a natural 20? Oh, 20! <laughs> yeah, so you guys, you see, you were, all, you were all falling, and it is chaotic, and you know in uh, if you've seen Gravity, where she loses control and it's like, and she like can't see around her because she's spinning so quickly, that is exactly what this world feels like to you. And Calista, you're able to get this and just like closing your eyes and feeling the wind and understanding your body, you develop this rudder and really quickly you just stop. Mm-hmm. You're no longer tumbling. You're still falling straight up into the air. You have Adelaide on you and you realize with a natural 20, I'll tell you specifically why this happens. You realize that as soon as you are willing to fall the other way, you do. Aha. Uh-huh. And so you capture this and you're about to try and you're going to fall the other way. You're not really sure how, but you realize as soon as you're like, I need to fall the other way, you, I you do start will. falling that way. Excellent. And so, but you are stable. You're not tumbling anymore. You, it, you're just free falling in like a straight line, almost like a pencil into a pool. Uh, really nicely done. Thank you. That's yes. fantastic. Do I, are we like bonus actioning with uh, this? You have an additional action of your choice. For my action, I want to try to call out to everyone else this knowledge I have just gained about okay. our ability. Like just... Think about going a different direction. Yeah. Think real hard. All right. And why, then why do we want to go a different direction again? Because <laughs> to get out of this thing. The same way we are. Uh, okay. It's spiraling up around us, and we're Got falling it. up inside <laughs> of it. So we want to go the other way to get out. Is my thought process. Mm-hmm. And so, so she's yelling this out to everyone, and with a natural 20 performance, your voice carries far enough mm-hmm. for everyone to hear in this crazy void. And you all do notice that in the middle of this thing, as the air is solidifying, the edges of this thing start turning to slush as it starts to coil up and around itself, and it actually turns into like a maelstrom of snow in the middle of this. And like all of this light is bending through this thing like a prism. All these beautiful colors of the constellations of nebula, of the aurora borealis, of the sunrise and the sunset. And then the snow begins to fall around you. And as chaotic and insane as it is, it's like strangely serene and beautiful. It's like so dangerous and, and so pretty and yeah. I want to go there for real. Let's go. Yeah. I, I die. And then uh, yeah. Arwell, you hear Callista yell this out. You maybe catch her stabilizing herself as you're just mm-hmm. tumbling up through this, but you're out. And then Tatch is your own deck. Okay, um, cool. Well, I am going to, for my bonus action, I'm going to take my Potion of Warmth. Sure. Like a hot mulled cider. Yum. I like to think that's what it actually And then... It's just a hot toddy. (laughs) 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 Just a digitation. It is a potion. I definitely hear her say that. Yes. So I immediately try to think of, like, my movement going the opposite way. Mm -hmm. Does that have any effect? Yeah, you you want to go down instead of... Up. Right. Right. So yeah. you do. And you're t- you don't stop tumbling. Okay. Uh, but you do like, whoo, you feel yourself for that, like, second hit the apex, like you're on a rope mm-hmm. swing, and then you're like, oh, fuck. And then you can feel yourself just whoo, start yeah. bottom out, um, and you're falling okay. back through this thing. And you you two are very stable, and you see Arwell like, just start like tumbling backwards the other way past you. Then could I just maybe try to take my robes and kind of like do a self and maybe balance myself out a little bit and then roll, I don't know. Yeah, I guess acrobatics and try to, yeah, mm-hmm. just right myself. Uh-oh, bitch. <laughs> bitch. Not 20. 
Bullshit. <laughs> Dude, you guys are like, you guys are like skill challenges, baby shit. So like this thing is flying no, up and around usually you. freak me out more than anything else. Yeah, this so. is baby food. Um, We've usually been so good at these. Yeah. No, Dude, okay, so Arwell goes, <laughs> you all see, so you see Arwell flying up past you, and Calista's like, think about going a different direction, and you see him like, <laughs> he flying down, and you see him grab his robes and just pull them out, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and just starts like really like he's not he's not going down like a parachute, but he does have more stability. You can see you can see Callista and Adelaide. They're like stuck to each other in some strange way, and they're falling in the same direction as you. You're all looking at each other, um, and oh, man, with a natural twenty, I'll. I mean, it's just a total success. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna count those natural twenties as a little more than a success. So one and a half. Yeah. I think so, because they're like two nat 20s, come on. Uh, and so Arwell is able to catch himself and then patches you were up. Um, well, acrobatics was definitely what I was going to do. Stormsphere, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, payback. Yeah, that's what you get. I heard you tell everyone my secrets. <laughs> but I do want to kind of like as a movement, I do want to kind of like flip around and make myself aerodynamic to go the other way. Patches, you, you think actively you want to fall the other way. Yep, and okay. so like I'm making my body kind of aerodynamic to go that way. Yeah. And is this dragon? Is does he? He doesn't like us. He's um, he's pretty mean. Right now, it's really large. I'll say that it's really large, and you all are really small. And it seems like it's just bursting from the point that you came from. But uh, without like a specific rule, I won't tell you much more than um, that. I'm gonna roll nature Ooh. on it. Ooh. Ooh. Fuck. Fancy. <laughs> and now we reach the point of the skills challenge where we start taking other people's. Did you get an at twenty two? I haven't rolled yet. Um, but I did get a mod 20. <laughs> a dirty 20. All right. And I want to know about this creature. Yes! I'm Everything. excited. This is actually fun because I really want to read this to you. You would know that this is an elder elemental. Mm. Ah. Wow. Um, it is, by the for what it's worth, gargantuan. This is the biggest creature you all have ever seen. It okay. is the size of, like, a city. Yeah. Uh, except the turtle. The turtle was about the same size. Uh, we didn't really terrifying, terrifying storms and imbalances and elements manifest in the body of the Elder Tempest, a being carved from clouds, wind, rain, and lightning. The Elder Tempest assumes the shape of a serpent that slithers through the sky. The Tempest drowns the land beneath it with rain and stabs the earth with lances of lightning. And as it is flying, you do see between, it has like all of these angelic wings. They look feathered, even though they're all made of cloud. You can see in this thing as like, you're even though you're tumbling, you're like, balancing yourself as you're trying to fall to see this thing. And you can see this lightning arcing through it. Even as you fall through it, it's like uh, a Tesla coil. As this thing's like, you can just see it. And every time it opens its mouth, this lightning streaks from its eyes and this thunder booms out. Punishing winds scream around it as it flies. But you would know that these elementals are more like guardians of realms and they're less like monsters that attack for no good reason. These things are pure, um, if that makes sense. They're, they're like a pure pure element, and so they don't really have ul ulterior motives like uh, gold or riches or death or murder or anything like that. They just are what they are, and so you think it is very unlikely that this thing is actively trying to kill you all, and more that you start, we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and maybe the ritual that exploded in your faces is rebounding a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. So with that, you would think this thing is not hostile toward you, so I'll say if you wanted to get away from it, you think that it would be super easy to do. You just need to find a way out of it, which uh, you're like actively trying to do. Okay. But it, you don't think this thing would chase you down. Cool. Cool. Not one failure. <laughs> All right. Adelaide. 
Pressure's on, oh, girl. Oh, dear. Okay. Guy, you're obviously up next. I think I would most likely assist everybody. So what I would do is I would hold out my snowflake brooch, and it has 10 feet of light because we're in cold, I assume. Yes, you are in cold. So I held out this brooch that looks like a snowflake, and it's 10 feet of light outside of it. So you can see this glowing rudder tiefling beacon <laughs> with this yes. warlock on her back. I feel majestic. You're like a, you are an airship. <laughs> I like it. And I shout... Is that... The, are you calling work? me? <laughs> and I shout, this way, and I cast Mage Hand with is a finger pointing down towards the ground. Okay. Yeah, so as everybody uh, is falling, you see this beacon just like shine out. You're, so you're using your turn to cast Mage Hand. We, yeah. won't, we won't use it as a success or failure, but you your whole team has a better idea of exactly where like this they're point is go. and where they're mm-hmm. trying to go, right? So this you all see this beacon shining, and what is strange, you all see it like from a distance. You are not all close together. This Tempest is fucking enormous. And you all are essentially falling through this giant Sharknado, and as you were falling through it, these winds are howling so loudly you can barely hear each other. And as you're trying to find it, the only voice you hear is Callista's calling out to fall down. And then you just see this this light cut through these dark clouds. And like as this thing is coiling around you, it's no longer translucent. You can see those clouds starting to billow inside of it. The clouds it's literally made out of. And they're darkening like angry storm clouds. And in the middle of it, you see this light and the rays from that light actually do look like the arms of a snowflake as it's being held up and in this place instead of just like radiant, pure cool. light. Um, and you all can tell, like, as she's holding this up. So you have a better idea of exactly where you all are aiming for and where your team is and exactly how far away all of you are. Nicely done, Adelaide. Guy, you're up. I'm going to use my... And this giant hand. Wilderness <laughs> studies, and I'm going to try to remember when I was in the forest how the flying squirrels would leap from tree to tree. <laughs> Right. And I would think about how they would do that, and then every once in a while, one would totally not succeed and then fall and die. Yeah. And so I'm going to use survival to try to remember nice. to try to remember how the ones that made it to the other trees made what it the there. difference was. Yeah. Okay. That's great. <laughs> 17. Holy nice. shit, you guys are killing it. <laughs> guys, like... <laughs> and you would you would notice that the difference was there are two main differences. As somebody who is like really in touch with his instincts, you know the instinct has a lot to do with it and trusting your body to direct you where you want it to go and calming your mind and just trusting like where you feel like you need to fall. And on top of that, confidence. So you need this instinct and this confidence to do these two things. And as you do, you take a deep breath. And, and turn my robe into uh, one of those, like, raccoon suits. Yeah, into yes. one of those, like, squirrel suit thingies. Yeah. Yeah, and so everybody's just holding their clothes out as you're falling <laughs> through this place. Except are you I'm still, are you trying to reverse your direction of falling? Yeah, I'm trying to follow everybody. Else. Okay, and so as you're falling up, Guy, you you channel your inner flying squirrel, and you grab your clothes, <laughs> and you just, and then you start falling the other direction, and you're falling out of this thing, and as this is all happening, this thing is curling up and around you all. You're all feeling good. You're all falling in at least a separate direction from it. You're all almost all stabilized, except for Patches. He's still sort of spinning out of control. Tumbling in free fall, and everyone else has... You've sort of balanced yourselves. Uh, you see this snowflake-like illuminance coming from your friend Adelaide, and everybody has stabilized. They have their clothes out, but you all see Patches just like... 
like falling head over heels. And then you notice that in the middle of this tempest that it has grown completely black. You can no longer see those constellations coming through. At the top of it, you can see a little bit of orange light glowing and at the bottom, a little bit of gold. But you just see that the only light you get besides that is the brooch and this electricity arcing through it as it's coming through. And this wind starts to howl. And as this wind is howling through, everybody needs to make a dexterity saving throw for me. Oh, no. Not 20. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Baby dies Dude, doing that, well. that flying squirrel suit is just working for you. You Hell feel yeah. this wind, and all it does is, like, catch you, and then you just keep falling. Adelaide, what happened? I got another seven. Oh, no. <laughs> all Close the dice are cursed. I got a nine. A nine. Patches. Sixteen. Sixteen? Ten. Ten. Just because you got a nat 20, I'm going to say that you two are able to stabilize just a little bit. So, and and I'm going to erase anything else I might have done with that. But, Callista, you have got such a, that rudder is a nat 20, and I'm not going to rip that away from you because it's really nice. And so Adelaide's like, whoa! And maybe her doing that is Uh-oh. shaking you, and you're like, "Fucking stop it!" Yeah. <laughs> but this wind is like this gale blows through, and it's hollow, but mm-hmm. it is thick, and it is ripping through all of you as it cuts up and through this thing, and as this lightning is striking. Okay, so everybody is able to can, like stabilize themselves once more, but you see this electricity, like where it used to just be these small arcs jumping across this thing, it's continuous, like a lightning storm. Just bam, 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 and this thunder is deafening inside of this, and as that happens, Callista, you're up. Okay. I, and we're still inside of it. Like, yes. we're not out. You're not yet. out yet. Okay. But we're moving. You're doing better. Direction. Yeah, okay. you're much better. You're I closer to the to... ass than the head. The ass. The ass. <laughs> the ass of the Elder Tempest. I want to use athletics to try and actually stop myself. Like, I want to freeze in space for a minute. Because okay. I want everybody else to catch up to me. Okay, sure. You can try. I can try. You can try, you can try, you can try, you can try, because it's like Peter Pan when they're talking about flying, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a 19, and that is athletics. Calissa's I add, killing it. Mm-hmm. I add a whopping zero to that for athletics, so it's a 19 well, uh, to yeah, so with, stop with, myself in place. With a 19, you are attempting to stop yourself mm-hmm. in place, and you're pulling that rudder out, and you're mm-hmm. trying to stop yourself. You're not. You're able to slow yourself some, but not mm-hmm. come to a complete stop. Okay. Though it is still technically a success, you think that there might be something else to okay. the directions and falling yeah. in this place than just the will. Like You were able to choose your direction very mm-hmm. easily, but when you choose to stop, it just doesn't not seem happening. to connect. Okay. And so you're still falling, not as quickly, uh, still considered a, su- a success, though, because you learn another piece to the puzzle of how you can navigate this plane. Gotcha. All right. And primary goal for me, I'm trying to get everybody together. So yeah. can I talk? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Talking is yeah. a free action. Just, um, just I will say that Adelaide seems like the only one who is close enough to hear you. Uh-huh. Everybody else is like 60 feet away, and these this gale wind and the thunder is just deafening inside of this Can monstrosity. Can I use my tiefling thaumaturgy for the day? Aha! To bust it out. Boom! Yeah. You all hear this thunder <laughs> crack out, and then you hear another boom, and you realize it's Calissa's voice, and yeah. she's saying something and she to just you says, to me, very simply. Yeah, to and you me. hear it in the middle of this thing just booming out. I just watched that movie. snowflakes. Um, can I see maybe like the direction or enough maybe what I know about like wind currents or whatever mm-hmm. and see if I could investigate that with how the dragon's moving around us to find the best pattern to like, sure. fly down easier. You're trying to take a moment as you stabilize yourself to look and see if the direction it is moving and how it is moving is affecting the actual current around you. Right. Sure. Yeah, let's roll investigation for that. Oh, baby. Ooh, that's good. 
21. Okay, yeah. So with the 21, you do notice that this thing is the way that it curls. Mm-hmm. The, when you first showed up here, the air was warm and it seemed consistent. And though you all were falling up and tumbling, you could still feel yourself, uh, the pressure of that wind against you. So you knew you were pushing against a wind current. And as this thing comes in, that cold air starts to mix with that hot air. And you know that it's changing or canceling out that mm-hmm. wind current. And the way that it is writhing, if you will, the way it's coiling seems to be directing the air the opposite way. So it's pushing that hot air out of it. So you think if you were to continue to aim down, you would eventually just like shoot out the okay bottom of this thing basically um i will do that okay um and is patch is the only one who looks like he might be kind of like free falling a little bit um he's yeah he's you're all sort of free falling but he's tumbling how far away is he from me Uh, about 60 feet okay perfect um i kind of yell out as much as i can be like let me know when you've got yourself and i'm gonna cast feather fall on him so he slows his descent okay yeah so as soon as you you're tumbling patches and you are free falling and then you feel yourself just like And you feel yourself get lighter. You're not falling quite as quickly, but you're able to stabilize at least. But you do notice that the rest of your team, as they are falling, they're falling much quicker than you are now. And they're like nearing the bottom of this thing a lot faster than you. Okay. You're up. I want to, and it might might even make me go slower. I'm going (laughs) to use, uh... well, as soon as I'm away from you, it'll kind of stop anyway. I mean, they're going to use, like, sleight of hand or fast hands. I want to completely take my robe off. Oh, the monk thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to tie up, so I'm using my fast hands, I guess. I want to tie up all the uh, holes, so like the armhole, the neck hole, and everything, mm-hmm. and then hold the bottom of it and use it as like a parachute. Yeah. Nice. That's the best way to use Okay, real sleight of hand for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it good? That is. You get like a, a plus 10 to this, right? 30. <laughs> You see patches, you see patches like, like just start floating really slowly and he rips this rope off. You're like, what the hell is he doing? And he just (laughs) and he's floating down and out of this. Uh, As he is floating down and out of this, I need everybody to roll a dexterity saving throw for me. Nat 20 again on a dexterity. You're gonna take zero damage. Did you get a seven again? Because that'd be great. No, I got a three. Rough. Four. Is it a dex? Baby dex. 14. 14. And Nat Nat 20. 20. Four. Four. Nat one. Oh, oh no! no. Oh. Uh, and then Arl. Eleven. Patches, it was nice uh, okay, so with eleven, so patches, you're going to take full damage from this. Adelaide, you're going to take this, half. Would you would you call this an area of effect? Situation? It absolutely is. And now you have your fucking bullshit level seven thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I take half damage. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you take half of maximum, so you're going to take. Eight damage, eight lightning damage. Okay. Um, Adelaide is going to take full rolling damage, and then Callista is going to take half. And Arwell, what did you roll? Eleven. All right. And uh, oh no, no. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Half. You take half because you saved, right? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So you save, so you'll take half, and then Arwell will take uh, full rolling damage as well. And cool. It's dice. lightning, you though. You said yes. I take half. Aha! <laughs> you sons of bitches! <laughs> <laughs> so as this lightning is manifesting inside of this thing, you just see this bright blue flash, and in the middle of all of it, your eyes they just dilate completely. You lose all sight of those snowflakes of that brilliant light that Adelaide's holding up, of the lights on either end of this, of the snow falling around you, and right before this light builds up, you can see all the snow just evaporate in the middle of this thing, and then just this big streak of lightning straight through this coil, just... And some of you were able to, like, flip out of the way because you can see it's coming straight through the middle, but not everyone. And that's going to be nine total. So if you took full, you took nine, and if you took half, you took four. And then as this happens, everybody just... out the bottom of this thing. 
And you see it coiling and roaring and this thunder off into the distance. And what is really crazy to see is how big this thing is and how long you can see it for. It's obviously coiling and roaring and running. And what is strange is the clouds around it seem to darken as well. And you can just see the snow falling out the bottom of it and this lightning just slamming into the clouds beside it and connecting them to it. And it seems like as it hits those clouds, they're drawn to it and it gets bigger and bigger as it's flying off and into the distance. Uh, You all are still free falling out of this. Guy, Callista, Adelaide, and Arwell, you were all just falling very steadily. You're falling uh, down, if you will. (laughs) And as you are falling down, you see this thing flying away. And then right before it goes out of sight, you just see patches in his weird robe like... (laughs) <laughs> like coming out the back of it, like floating, and uh, he's like he's in my underwear, like holding a robe parachute, and he's like so he's hot. looking a little scorched. You can see like <laughs> some smoke coming off, and if he wasn't bald before, he would be now. Um, but he's coming through here, still can't read, and uh, you all you uh, you all you all uh, beat the scale challenge. So. Yay! Uh, but you all are still falling. You have like corrected yourselves. You figured out how to navigate, how to switch your direction. And you can see as this thing is flying away that there are on the horizon these small creatures that are coming to the place where it came from. They're not getting close to you, but it seems like they are circling around you. And as you fall, it seems like that perimeter they're keeping is consistent. And they're just like, you can't tell what they are exactly, but it, it just their small forms are on this big perimeter flying around you as you were falling. But once again, you're seeing the beautiful, brilliant sunset sunrises, the aurora borealis, the stars above you. It's hyper surreal. And these strange creatures just circling you on this large perimeter and this huge fucking thundercloud snake flying away into the distance with its <laughs> angel wings, just like awesome. super nice. Thundercloud snake. Uh, yeah. Can I, I like can it. I use my mage hand, which is still up? to like grab Alan by the ankle. Who? I mean, sorry, Patches. <laughs> grab Patches by the ankle and like apply 10 pounds of pressure to get him a little closer <laughs> You're to just us. just like pulling him down like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Come here. Yeah, you grab him by his underpants and like you start yeah. pulling him toward you all. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll say that that works he's as like long as he's willing. Maybe. Like you're pulling him a little quicker. Are you still holding your thing to stabilize yeah, yourself? I'm, I hope this mage hand doesn't pull my underwear off. <laughs> So it we. was cold. I just got out of the pool. Um, but uh, you're able to pull patches down. Are you Are you trying to do any, get him I'm trying specific? to get us closer together so okay. that we can, like, formulate this, yeah. a plan and see where we're trying this to go. This wind is just rushing past you. And as long as it's been happening, you guys may not have thought about this, but there's no ground in sight beneath you. You just are falling and falling and falling and falling, and it just looks like clouds and sky and the same sort of light underneath you. Can I try to perceive some sort of destination? Sure. Perceive the shit out of it. 17? Yeah, okay, so with the 17, you would notice that the creatures that are surrounding you are uh, winged creatures, and they have beast-like bodies. Uh, But their distance is so far that you can't tell exactly what they are, but they have giant wings on their back, and they're uh, definitely quadpedal. So they have, they have like these beast-like bodies. As you are falling really quickly, you have seen two, I'll say that like you're looking around and you see two really interesting things. And if you want to look past that, we can talk about it. But the two most interesting things you see that you think you could maybe land on, as you're falling past a certain cloud, you notice that it's, it's shaped like a castle, the cloud itself. Like, like if you were looking at it in the sky, you'd be like, whoa, that, that one kind of looks like a castle, huh? You notice one that looks like that. And then as you're falling, you notice another thing that, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Dragon Ball Z or not, but King Kai's planet, you mm-hmm. see something similar to that. Mm. It's like a little, it's like a little round planetoid all on its own that looks like it's no bigger. It, it couldn't hold more than like a castle itself. It has a tower sitting out and on it as well. Um, but it has like green grass on all the rest of it. And it looks really strange floating here, but you really quickly just like see that thing fly up and pass oh. you as you're falling. Uh oh. 
Should I point? Okay. I'll, po- I'll point at it. Should we fall the other way now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll whisper Callista's ear because I don't want to throw you off balance. I'd be like, I just saw something like a little planet. Let's try to get to it. Okay, which way? Okay. Uh, I'll use my mage hand. No, no, you're holding on to you. Never mind. I'll use my real hand to point. <laughs> do, do all of you switch your direction back yeah. to this thing? What's yeah. a planet? <laughs> What's a planet? There's a tiny landmass orb over there. <laughs> landmass orb sounds fun. Let's go. <laughs> ground ball. I love landmass orbs. I love floating ground balls. Uh, so you guys, you all switch your direction, and as you switch your direction, you do, like, fly up and quickly pass this thing again. Like, you're just switching your straight Damn back it. up. How do we... Arwell, could you apply your engineering mind to this? How do we stop? Well, um... We just will it like last time. Are we able to, like... Well, can we just think stop? Can we... Can, I tried. It can didn't I, work. Okay. Can I try to, like... Uh, just has his orient my body and, like, again, like, kind of toward the grass. You're trying to free fall back toward it and glide yeah. into it. So I should say this. As Patches is holding on to these monk robes, you all can see Gumble also hanging on to these monk <laughs> robes. His wings are not flying. He's just also hanging on with Patches and his like he little head totally is sticking fly. out. Yeah, he can't totally fly, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> As he's hanging on to this thing, he's just like chirping and you can just see him like prodding at the, the like <laughs> monk robes with his little tail as you're falling okay. and you can just see it poking like little holes in it as you're like gently oh gliding God. toward the Love ground but you 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 do angle your body toward this I'll let you roll uh, acrobatics to see how well you do but I will say you're not falling slowly enough to not hit the ground and get hurt even if you were to angle yourself perfectly at this like you're still free falling from the sky good Sorry. but I got a parachute yeah you do sort of <clears throat> that's a mod 20 yeah, so with the Mod 20, you you shoot back up with everyone, and then you reverse yourself once more, and you are, like, angling your body toward this. You know you're going to hit it, and you're going to hit it pretty hard. Like, you you have slowed yourself a little, but it's still going to hurt like hell to hit this thing. When I'm 10 feet away from it, mm-hmm. I want to teleport onto it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so you all see Patches just, like, fucking nose diving into this motherfucker with his robe up here, and Gumball actually, is up you there, know too. What? I can't do that because I don't have my cowl on. Oh, Nice. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. So you're 10 well, feet from the surface. Do you want to change I, your mind? No. I want to just uh, slam right I'm, into I'm it. I'm using the parachute, which is hopefully slowing me a little bit. Right. And then I just want to put my legs up and just hit the ground with my butt. Okay. And you got a what Ow. on your acrobatics? Uh, 20. A dirty 20. Okay. Dirty 20. It's spoken like someone who's never done that before and doesn't have a broken tailbone. Wow. Already. Well, I'd rather <laughs> do that than yeah, break you're gonna Yeah. You're going to take, yeah. as you hit... Uh, you come in at a, an angle and you run with it like Beavis and Butthead, but you still fall on your face like they do in the movie. And uh, it hurts, but you didn't like break your legs or anything. You think if you'd done it any different, you'd have been in some serious trouble, though. And as you hit, you are going to take three bludgeoning damage. It's like when you land off the swing set and you're like, ah, fuck, why did I jump? Yeah. Okay. Everyone, you see Patches like coming in and he's like, um, well, it looks like, like we were able to stabilize him a little better. I could cast Featherfall on everyone. Are we all just okay. kind of going up together? I yeah, you've like shot past this. Yeah. Yeah. I could patches. use my new spell to get me in Adelaide there, I think. I, so it seems like when we're thinking a direction, we only go up or down. Can we think diagonal? As if like if we're going toward the planet? Uh, yeah, you think diagonal and you don't you don't notice anything changing. Like, so like gravity is like every direction here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you can free fall on an axis. Right. Like Ender's Game. Well, can I go toward the planet at all? Like, uh, like straight toward it? Yeah. Yeah, you can fall past it. it. Like, to the like if you're going up or down, you can go left or right. Okay. And so as you think, like, left, quote unquote, you just start, like, shooting past this thing. Okay. I'm trying but to just get other closer way. to it. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, you're shooting past it. You're like really close to hitting it as you're flying by this thing okay. in a separate how direction. Close you can am see I? patches like, and Gumball's still like poking holes in his monk rope with his little tail. Cool. How close am I? Um, you're probably, I would say, so as you're coming toward this small little planet with this strange little base tower like thing on it, you're probably about 50 feet off the ground as you're shooting sideways over it. And you're only going left over top of it. You don't have any upward or downward momentum. Then as I'm. Going that way, I'm going to take it for patches and take off my robe and have it kind of like, kind of behind me so I slow Like down. a parachute? Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, so roll an acrobatics for me. Acrobatics? Yep. Uh, a 16. Okay, yeah. So with a 16, uh, you're falling f- about 50 feet with that thing, so you're going to take... Oh, I am going to land on it? Because I was going to use Misty Step if I got close enough just to land safely. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So you see Arwell coming in, you would have taken quite a bit of damage, yeah. so that's a good idea. So you, you all see Arwell coming in, he's got this big sail behind him, and then really quickly just like... He fades into mist, and this mist just forms into these clouds. And even though this planet is small, it still seems to have a little strange atmosphere. Like, you can't, it's not like a blue sky like Earth, but it does have these little tendrils of clouds just sitting around it like rings on Saturn as you all are landing into this place. But, Patches, you come in, you tuck and roll, you hit your feet, Gumbel's poking holes in this, and then you see Arwell coming in behind you and really quickly just like come out of this mist on the other side of you. And you tumble a bit, but you don't take any damage. Adelaide, do you have a way to get yourself there? Well, I can certainly try to. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And my follow-up question is, how far away is Guy? So all of you are a respective 60 feet away from each other. Okay. So you you all have fallen past this planet by a long way, so much so that it is like turning into a small speck in the distance. And you can like no longer distinguish Arwell in patches as you are falling up and away from this. Since I rolled pretty high and then got two nat 20s on my deck saves, can we say I'm, I'm, I'm... Do, I'm feeling pretty at home in my squirrel suit. <laughs> yeah, you are feeling pretty at home in your squirrel suit. <laughs> um, can I direct myself up towards the two of them? Arwell the and Patches. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to get up to that point, and since I'm feeling very comfortable in my squirrel suit, I would like to try to basically feel if there's a jet stream sure. coming into the planet. Mm-hmm. Can I just roll nature yep. for that? Yes, you can. Dirty 20. Dirty 20! So yeah. you, in, you do feel this jet stream, and like that hot air got like pushed away from this Elder Tempest as the cold air was manifesting inside of it. And you do think that you can land on a jet stream, a uh, current of warm air down and onto this place. And having it, even with your, with your nature, the fact that these clouds are gathering around it like rings means that it must have some sort of atmosphere of its own, so it probably does attract things like this. And you find a warm gust of wind, and you're attempting to ride that down to the planet? I'm, I'm just kind of attempting to allow that to catch my suit and I'm going to kind of like bow up and let it kind of push against me so I just come down as slowly as I possibly can. Okay. Yeah. So as you were coming in, roll, roll an acrobatics for me. I'll let you do it with advantage with your nature and all of your other squirrel suit rolls. That 20. Whoa! Okay, so guy comes flying in, and you see him like... <laughs> Third one today. Like holding his squirrel suit, and he's coming in from, by the way, a really long way off. You two were about 50 feet over it. Guy's like 300 feet above it at this point. And he comes in, and he like <laughs> like stiffens, and he, his, his muscles tense, and you can just see his like glistening body coming in toward you because he's a fighter now. And as he's coming in, he just flexes those muscles, and he pulls his squirrel suit, and you just land like on your feet, very gracefully parkour style. You're safe. You don't take any damage. Not with a natural 20. Nice. Now the uh, buffalo's not here. I feel like I'm guy on a squirrel. 
Yeah. Is a squirrel. I'm going to have to find a squirrel. I'm just a guy. Or am I a squirrel? Anyway, going to stop thinking now. <laughs> uh, Adelaide Calista, you two are continuously okay. free-falling. You're about 400 feet I'm above this thing. no longer worried about how a guy is going to get there, um, Calista just looks at Adelaide and says, hold on. Okay. And <laughs> cast Dimension Door. Okay. Uh, what does that do? Dimension Door? Just for flavor. What exactly does I that I have this handy, shiny fine. new card. Handy, foot. shiny That's new so bard crazy. spell card from Wizards of the Coast. Nice. It's fabulous. If they want to sponsor us, send them our way. Um, you teleport yourself from your current location to any other spot within range. Range is 500 feet. Um, you arrive at exactly the spot desired. It can be a place you can see, when you can visualize, or when you can describe by stating the distance and direction. You can bring along objects as long as their weight doesn't see what you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature of your size or smaller who is carrying gear up to its carrying capacity. Nice. I am willing. The creature <laughs> must be with the when you cast the spell. So Callista gets Adelaide's consent and casts Dimension Door. Yeah. And as you do this, you guys just like, you're just yep. gone. And this little bright constellation light just like, ding, <laughs> like Team Rocket and Pokemon yep. when they fly off into the distance. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, like guys coming in with this squirrel suit, Arwell tumbles a bit and falls. Patches is like landing and trying to get it like Gumble out of the robe or something. I don't know. And then as this happens, you all just see Ad Adelaide and Callista literally like step out of thin air. Yeah. And Hello. they're just like standing on this planet with they you. They just sort now. of appear and I'm just like brushing my hair back. Like, oh, uh, that was before, cool. <laughs> before I even look at anything, I want to put my leather armor and cowl and all that stuff. Okay. On. You all are looking around and you're on the strange planet. And as you were sitting here on the strange little planet, you see the same sights that I've described before. All of these natural wonders of the sky and what it can do and how beautiful it can be. And it's almost just like this sur hyper surreal time lapse is just pushing past you at all times. And you're on this strange little planet. There is a like what looks like a fortress or a base or a tower of some kind on it. And there's a path that seems to trace all the way around. You can't see exactly where it goes to, but it is a straight line. And aside from that, there is grass growing on this thing. It doesn't seem like anything's okay. bothering you. And as you're putting your stuff on... Death Star. I was visualizing yeah. just a dirt ball. I like the grass. Yes, that's yeah. nice. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to introduce myself real fast. It's me, Guy's Metal Baby Dice. I'm bite-sized, but I pack a punch. Rolling three natural 20s in a row is hard, but I'm willing to work hard for my friends. If you want a set of dice that you love as much as Guy loves me, <laughs> just head over to DiceEnvy.com and pick yourself up a pair of baby metal dice. Mommy and Daddy metal dice wooden dice, or even a unique pair of acrylic dice. Heck, you can even buy the whole family. No matter how big or small your order, you can get 10% off by entering the code HITDICEPOD at checkout. That's DiceEnvy.com and enter the code HITDICEPOD at checkout to get your own set of baby metal dice and roll three nat 20s in a row. Yes, I got it. How far away is the castle thing? Uh, the castle thing is, it's within range of you, like you can see it with your eyes, so it's probably like 100 to 150 yards away. Let's blow it up. Let's, let's burn it down. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> is everybody kind of all there together? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll have to follow suit and put on my normal clothes. Um, and I'm trying to persuade Gumbel's annoying ass to get in, jump, get in my armor where he usually hangs okay. out. Okay, do you want to do you want to say anything to him or do you just want to roll straight persuasion? No, I just like open open up the like the the neck of the armor and just like point. Okay. Yeah, you open it up you open up this neck of the armor and he has like this he has this monk's robe and he's just tearing that motherfucker up like a like a small dog or like a cat. He's just like <laughs> he's just got like in his throat and his little ruby red body is just like tugging at it. He's not even looking back at you while you're like pointing into your armor. Okay. 
I'm just going to go over to him and pick him up and mm-hmm. sit him on my shoulder. Yeah, you pick him up and you sit him on your shoulder and he still has this monk robe in his mouth and it's just like hanging hilariously largely down past it and he's just like <laughs> chewing on it. That's fine. And you can just hear him like purring and growling and like pulling it into his mouth with his little tail. And every time he rips a piece off, he just like spits it on the ground and then just starts like ripping this thing up and he's Love just that. clawing at it. Totally fine. Nobody <laughs> cares about monk robes anymore. Man, I'm really glad this time that we teleported yeah. you didn't have to punch me in the gut. Yeah. Me too. You're like still out of breath over there. That's I like, been like <laughs> 10 minutes since that happened. I like to think that Callista was so horrified by having to do that that she immediately just learned Dimension Door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> never doing this again. You like punched Adelaide and like you saw it happen and you were like, oh, I think I could do that. I could do that without punching somebody. Yeah. <laughs> wow, science. Uh, that was pretty amazing, guys. Yeah. Whew. A shit ton happened in, I think it's been literally four minutes. Yeah. You guys fought those Ooh. people, crashed the tower to the ground, disrupted the ritual, went out of control, went to another plane, got out of the tempest and landed on this yeah. planet. And Calista like, is literally just like sitting on the ground minutes. with her hands Ooh. on her knees, just like trying to get her breathing back to normal. Like, Yeah, you guys' <gasps> adrenaline is definitely pumping. Okay. Like your hands are shaking. It's hard to think and talk straight. Like you're just like, yeah. holy shit. So, who I'm wanted gonna, hamburgers? I want that. To be how Armo learns Storm Sphere, being trapped in that tent. Oh yeah, Ooh. fuck yeah! You like see how it's like yeah. getting the air currents and all that mm-hmm. shit together. That's super cool. Yeah, you're so, like I'm falling and learning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so here you all okay, sit on the so. front lawn, if you will, of this strange little fortress. So um, plane of air, huh? Yeah, huh. seems like it. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, are those little creatures still flying around? Did you guys see those? <laughs> they just kept fucking falling, man. They, like, you they have no idea what those okay. motherfuckers are. I was going to try to talk to him. Yeah. Do you see any signs of life or anything? Aside from, like, the grass that's growing on the ground, you, those strange creatures that were flying around your perimeter are mm-hmm. still flying around this perimeter of the planet you're on, almost okay. like in a that's, ring That's what I was asking about. Planet. Like, were they still there? Oh, yeah, they're still, okay. they're still around. They're not close enough to, like, really, no one can make them out better than Adelaide did, but they're keeping their distance, but they're still flying around this planet. Okay. Okay. Just can I just like wave up to him and be like, "Hey, hello, help!" Yeah, and you do. They, you're like, respond. "Hey, hello, help!" And like, you just sort of feel your voice fall off. We, we mean you no harm. Yeah, they're just flying in the circle around. I you. already did my one thaumaturgy for the day. <laughs> yeah, they don't, oh, seem you don't to even like. Cantrip? I don't have it as a cantrip. Yeah, it's I, a I can, as a tiefling. Oh, okay. I yeah. can just tiefling it once a day. Yeah. Oh. Um, I want to just like from a distance. I don't necessarily want to walk up close to it yet, but just like check out this tower. Um, sure. It's a fifteen for perception. Okay. Guy is feeling very confident since he aced that squirrel suit shit, and you just see him take his hand and go <gasps> on his neck, and he's like, "All right, we got to get down to brass tacks here." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would like to uh, suggest that we. Maybe go into that castle yeah. and kill whoever's in it and live there forever. <laughs> and just murder them. I'm also, down with that. Patches, you're trying to check this <laughs> out, and food? this castle actually looks fairly... Squ- the castle or the tower? The tower. Yeah. It's like a tower, castle, okay. fortress. Only, yeah. um, it's made out of these really familiar stones. Like, it is kind of strange to see, even though it's on a small planet and that's definitely unsettling, it's still, like, there's grass and there's a pathway and it's made out of this stone. You do see a lot of windows and you see a lot of really big openings and landings that looks like people could walk out and onto as you're looking at this place. You don't see anyone, like, peeking out of windows at you. You don't see, like, any movement on the inside of this, but you do notice that inside it is well lit. Like, so this place is lit with something on the inside. It has, this place it has is a lit! Source. This place is lit! <laughs> it has a, it has a, there's a light source inside of this place. 
researched and learned that I was wrong about my thaumaturgy. I actually, as a tiefling, just know the cantrip. Yeah. Nice. I misread it the first time. You can shout all you want. Yay. You just go, thaumaturgy, thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy, thaumaturgy, thaumaturgy. Then Beetlejuice Beetlejuice shows up for some reason. She just yells thaumaturgy really fucking loudly all the time. All the time. It's so much fun, you guys. (laughs) Um, As my exhaustion fades, can I try to hail the creatures again? With thaumaturgy, see if they hear me. Yeah, this yeah. booms out, and as these creatures, as these creatures are circling around this, you, what do you yell out to them? Um, I yell out, "We mean no harm. Please send help." Okay, yeah, and so you say we mean no harm, and these things they don't seem to change their course at all. Though mm-hmm. you do notice their attention is on you, mm-hmm. and as you notice their attention's on you, you hear another voice boom out, like over this place, mm-hmm. and uh, you just hear someone say, mm, "That is very good to hear," and then you see a flare, like off the top of uh, this strange building. And as soon as this flare goes off, you see all five of these forms gather and they really quickly into the landing on this place. And as they fly in, you all see these five beautifully winged griffins like fly <gasps> into this uh, like base that you all are standing in front of. And as they fly in, they don't have like hawk or eagle-like feathers. It's almost like a parrot. Like they're very tropical. They're like Ooh. big wingspan. And so they have these like red and blue and yellow feathers and these bright, brilliant yellow beaks. And as they are flying in, you can see their really sharp eyes looking mm-hmm. out at you, but they fly into this place. You see this little, uh, he's not hunched. He's just very short. You see this little man who has these very sleepy eyes, this like hilariously big and long mustache and this bald head walk out. He has these like slightly pointed ears that they are a little bit rounded. He wears robes that are far too big for him, but they are ornate and he has these little trinkets all over him. He steps out onto the landing and as one goes by, he puts his hand on it and he pets down it and then he plucks a feather off of it and he puts it right behind his ear and with his voice still booming out, he says, well, if you mean no harm. Come in. And then you see his front door just like open up before Excellent. you. Calista turns to Arwell and whispers, Arwell, you talk first. He's going to love you. He oh, has man. trinkets. Um, can I roll insight on him? Yeah. He's the goddamn devil. <laughs> 13. These creatures did not attack you. Uh, they definitely could have. Yeah. And uh, it seems like they are under this person's command. And he was like, as soon as you announced that you meant no harm, he presented himself. He called yeah. them back and he told you to, he welcomed you into his home. He seems yeah. on the up and up. Well, I'll go up to him and introduce myself and put my hand out and be like, I'm our role. Okay, yeah, he leaves that landing, uh, and he does walk down, and he's sitting. And behind him, you notice a large an intricate room, and you say, hi, I'm Arwell. You see it's brightly and well-lit inside. The, the, opule- the opulent hall Opulence. features... Opulence! <laughs> you, the, you, uh, uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> the opulent hall features lapis lazuli tile work. Its floors are like this brilliant sky blue, Ooh. and it's accented with these brilliant sky blues, and you even see these gems hanging from the ceilings. Damn it, Wes, Earth will coming. never be good enough. <laughs> This light that's like coming out from the ceilings. You see these beautiful murals that are made out of this lapis lazuli. And they depict castles far up in the clouds. As well as cloud giants chasing silver dragons. Marble bleachers hug the walls near the entrance. Across from which stands an ornate alabaster throne. Inlaid with a lot of beautiful gemstones. Guarding, if you will, the throne on either side are two strange looking bird people. They are, like, standing on their feet, and they are just standing almost completely still beside it. You're not totally convinced that they are actually even alive because of how still, perfectly still they are standing. They have these beautiful spears in their hands. And then set into the floor in front of the throne is a circular hole. 
you can't see what's inside of it, but it looks like a strange well. And you see that many rooms seem to branch off of this main hall. And this man walks up to you. He looks a lot like you. And as he walks up, he has these rounded big ears. He has a flat nose that is like wide across his Mm -hmm. face, a small knowing smile underneath it, and just these sleepy eyes that seem like they are barely open and looking at you. And this big mustache moves as he talks. And my name is Yinba, and welcome to my home. This is where I do all of my research. You and your friends, if you mean well, come in. And if you don't, well, I'm sure that you won't find uh, yourselves leaving here the same way you walked in. But I like to think the best of people, so. Yeah. Um, you didn't hurt my... He's a gnome? Uh, yeah, he's definitely a gnome. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll definitely just speak to my gnome and be like, what kind of research are you doing? You see his, like, yeah. you see his little sleepy eyes, though they're barely open. They're like... Hmm? <laughs> you can just see him open a little bit more. He's like, I told you we and, love you. Yeah, and so uh, he speaks to you and he says, A dialect I have not heard in many decades. And one I'm afraid I am a bit rusty on. So I hope I'm able to speak to you. But what a, what a pleasure. What a warm and welcome feeling. Yeah. Well, and back in common, I was like, would you prefer common? I, I, I think it may be about time I practiced my gnomish as long as you will allow it. Yeah, of course. You and your friends, you did not harm my griffins. Uh, that said, I think that you may be the reason that Tempest showed up into our realm, but not the first we've seen. Uh, what are you doing free-falling through this area? Um, uh, toward my home, I, I, I'm in a fairly secluded um, part of this realm. I'll switch back to Common for the rest of the group mm-hmm. to hear. And be like, the reason we got here... And then as soon as you start speaking, Common, he goes, Oh... <laughs> like he's still uh, listening. I'll be like, hey guys, I'm going to tell him why we got here in common oh, okay, then. Yeah. Back yeah. in Gnomish. Yeah. I'll, you're you're you, like translating. Yeah, totally, okay. basically. Well, we're all from the material plane. And you see like his eyes opened a little more. Now they open like a little more. Like, <laughs> There's still little slits. He's like, uh, 30%. I, and I'm going to nod and be like, just wait. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's it like, gets better. Uh, I, I'm assuming you all drink tea. Come in. Have some with okay. me. I... I I do all of my research here. I've been secluded for far too long so much that, well, I sometimes lose sight of myself and your company is welcome. Uh, tea? Tea? Yes, yes. please. Mm-hmm. And he looks at your friends and, and he says, if you didn't hear, my name is Yinba and I'm glad to be your host. And and who are you? Hi, hi Yinba. Uh, my name is Callista. Uh, and uh, Arwil, was it? You were from the material plane? You must be from the Nine Hells, then. Uh, no, no, material plane. Okay. I have some uh, interesting lineage. But you're, you're, uh, your squirrel friend here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy, as of right now. And I usually am riding on a, a majestic uh, buffalo, but he is back home in the material plane. Are all of the griffins... Kind of just roaming around with... They flew up into, like, the top part of this structure. I don't want to call it a base or a castle and give you guys a, a false... It's it's seriously, it's a very simple structure made of stone on the outside. Inside it is beautiful and ornate, but it seems very simple and, like, it's not meant to gain a lot of attention. Like, it seems very plain on purpose. And as you walk in, you see all this beautiful stuff, like this throne with gems in it, and, and the griffins are light, laid on top of it, but you don't see them near you. Would I know they're a griffin? Oh, I th- I'm not going to make anybody rule nature for that. If you want to know more than that, yeah. then yes. Um, but you would definitely know they're griffins. I don't want to cheat on my buffalo, but if... if <laughs> I don't want to be unfaithful if to my buffalo. If you'd be gracious enough, I would be incredibly intrigued to to see what it was like to ride a, a griffin at, at your... Uh, Discretion, of course. Uh, well, uh, you can ride my uh, griffins around my home if you like. If you wish to take them further out, I'm sure we could 
uh, exchange some simple favor. I have many letters I need delivered. I have many connections. And, well, I don't leave my home very often. So you can see how that could be troublesome. And uh, though my griffins are obedient, they aren't such good uh, messengers. But, uh, yes, of course, what is mine is yours. Uh, and uh, as is my tea. Uh, and, and I have many questions about the material plane. I know a little of it, mm-hmm. but not much. And uh, a buffalo? Never heard of that. Is that what they call griffins uh, on the material plane? He looks he looks like a, a really fat deer. I don't know what that is either. Oh. Uh, and, and you two, please, uh, your names? I'm Patches. This is Gumble. He's a, he's a pseudo dragon. Oh, he holds his hand out to him and he's like, oh, friend, come, come, come to me. Uh, and as he holds his hand out to Gumble, Gumble comes over and he wraps around this guy's arm and he coos and he purrs and he like gets up on him and he nibbles on his ear a little bit and he's like prodding him and pulling at his clothes. And um, Yinba just laughs a little bit as this is happening. He's like, <laughs> a funny thing. Uh, we don't have many of these here. Uh, you must be from uh, this plane of air or from Borealis, perhaps, to have such a fine uh, creature at your side. Nope. No, we're all from the material plane. We're all, uh, well, most of us are from Raven's Bluff. Oh, Which is where I'm from. Very interesting. A place I've, I've never heard of. I, though I do know of the material plane, not many of their cities. Uh, and and last but not least, uh, the this scary woman. <laughs> what is your name? Hi, I'm Adelaide. It's nice to meet you, Yenba. I really like your plane. I like your griffins. I like your tower. I like your grass. <laughs> I like your planet. I like how you come into my home like a dark storm cloud, looking like it and and uh, approaching as if you own the place. Oh, stop! Uh, you all walk in, please. <laughs> I got her here. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you all. You all. Uh, he he ushers you in, and as he's walking, his doors. Does everybody follow him inside? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his doors just like close behind you, and these doors are intricate and they are like 12 feet tall the handles on them you have to stand on your tiptoes just to grab and you see these like beautiful ivory handles on these enormous wooden doors set into the stone you were sitting in this audience chamber you see this beautiful chair all of these beautiful murals and he like shuffles over and as he does he picks up this pot and he picks up some herbs out of this drawer that are sitting beside this throne if you will and as he's pulling these herbs out he's putting them into these small packets he's not speaking to you all so if you want to talk while he's doing this um, you just see him muttering something over it and you see the water beginning to steam and he starts to like steep these. How get down to brass tacks? How do you go by uh, getting your own planet, <laughs> whatever a planet is? Are any of you, by chance, uh, wizards by profession? Mm, I am. Oh, kinda. Uh, yes, I can. I can smell something like magic on you, um, but but you, you seem to have a, a, a sharper instinct for these things. I can tell just by looking at you. That glove gave much away as soon as you walked into my home. You don't just come across a planet to answer your question i have researched many long hours discovered many wonderful things and caused through my research caused this small planetoid to float um there is not much land in this realm uh not much earth i found little i gathered it together and i taught it how to fly in a sense weird have you seen any you know you're familiar with dragons yes there are many dragons on this plane really oh yes oh my yes okay and you, oh, have, you have one I, I take it you're not very surprised the small the small one here and like as Gumble chirps he's just like petting back down the back of him as he's making this tea we saw what four when we came in when you came in you saw a big mama silver dragon and you saw her little babies all flying behind her mm-hmm. so uh she had five babies and then the one mama. specifically you see chromatic dragons 
uh, mostly right. on this plane. Uh, the, the, aer- the elemental plane of air, it's, it's a place of freedom. Everything here should be free as the wind, uh, ever growing, ever expanding, never ending, ever discovering and changing, beautiful and untouchable. Uh, chromatic dragons don't normally fit the bill here. And the metallics are quick to chase them out. Okay, so you're saying you haven't seen one, though? A chromatic? Yes. No. Okay. Good to know. I look around at the murals, and I am I point out, and I say, assuming these are cloud giants. Chromatic are good. I've never met one. Are those, uh, are, are they uh, prevalent around here? Uh, um, a cloud giant, uh, a very interesting, interesting woman. Her and her family live on a, a castle on a cloud, not... Uh, a mile above me. The Countess, you, you, if this is your first time here, you may find it interesting to visit her. She's very wise, been here longer than me. Her family lineage goes far back, but... Do you have a way for us to uh, get around easier than uh, falling from place to place? <laughs> well, potentially the, the griffins, if... Uh... I do have these griffins. Fuck so. yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, what is mine is yours, and is he? He's he's pouring. He hands each of you a cup, and it's this very small, intricate little cup. It's ceramic, but it seems to have real gold inlaid into it. And he comes over and he has this teapot. And as he's speaking to you, he's just pouring you each cups of tea, mm-hmm. and the aroma is like minty, and it's like jasminey and floral, and it just smells so good, and it's so rich. And he says. If you seek to use my griffins, it's taken me many years to train them. They are not just playthings. They are my friends, my companions. Uh, but for a small favor, I, I, I could let you ride them. Make a delivery for me, and you can take them wherever you need to go. Where are you? You have been incredibly hospitable, which in our travels <laughs> to various other planes has not been the case. Yeah, are you going to kill us and eat us? <laughs> I won't eat you. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's reassuring. Plane number three, not including yeah, the plane we um, started on. The others have a really heavy focus on slavery. <laughs> but I'm I'm really relieved to hear you say that freedom is so valued here. Um, yeah. It is but, our most um, valuable resource. What sort of favor would you seek from us? Just delivery. Um, a, a small delivery, yes. Uh, nothing of great consequence, um, but uh, a young man, he he's from the Citadel of Ice and Steel. It's a two days ride on Griffin back from here, but he's dear to me. Uh, How long would it take until, if we flew? Sorry. <laughs> what? How long would it take if we flew? Uh, two days on Griffin back. Oh, I thought you said ride. <laughs> Just fall for two fucking days straight. <laughs> 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 That would be so good, though. You said Citadel of Ice and Steel? That's right. Is that more or less your capital here? Oh, no, no. The Citadel of Ice and Steel is more of a military camp where they send uh, not always troubled uh, young people, but uh, sometimes. Um, uh, uh, My friend there, his, his name is Vince. He is of nobility. Until I know you better and until you accept this job, I think I'll... Hold my tongue to tell you more. It is a sensitive subject, and uh, I should know you better before I... That's very reasonable. Um, Did Arwell get through our whole story of everything? Yes, that you are from the material plane, and that uh, you have a buffalo who looks like a deer. There's (laughs) a lot more to that. Um, Yeah. We didn't mean to come to this plane necessarily right this second, but we were going to have to come here. Um, 
our world, our plane is in some danger. Um, and I just described to him the whole tear fall scenario and what we're trying to do. Cause I've gotten tired of trying to hide it from people sure. <laughs> and he seems, yeah. yeah. And so, and in the midst of that, um, I want to explain like the stones that we're looking for, mm-hmm. um, that we're going to need a way back and also oh. offer to share with him. Um, cause I have a lot of sketches and things in yeah. my book of things he's from the material. Very interesting. And in I'm those, by the way. more than happy to share. Yeah, like he's all of that on top him. of that shit when you're yeah. showing it. And when you go to flip the page, he'll like grab it and like pull it back down and look mm-hmm. at it for a little bit. And so I'm showing him maps. I'm showing him I've obviously in our travels sketched guy on his mm-hmm. Buffalo. So we can see what Buffalo looks like. <laughs> all kinds of things. Believe it or not. I've never actually left this plane. These are very interesting. Really? I've heard, I've heard a tale of the material plane. Um, but seeing the water and the sky and the earth all in one place, well, it's it's beautiful. It's such balance, such wonder. Um, and about your dragons, uh, I, I don't want to be one to pass judgment and to make assumptions, but it, would it be fair to say that chromatic dragons are the only ones behind it? It seems that way. We don't know entirely, but based on our experiences so far, that seems likely. Mm-hmm. And in the, the cosmos, uh, mm-hmm. are you familiar with the gods of the dragons? How they interact with one another? What that means? The balance? Nah, not really. Not very, no. Well, there are two uh, gods of the dragons. There's Bahamut, mm-hmm. and there's Tiamat. Tiamat represents all of the chromatic dragons. She pleasures in... Does she have a tiny hut? <laughs> Tiamat's tiny hut? <laughs> God, there's a fucking dragon. It's just larger um, than the others. She sows discord on purpose. She sees purpose in it, and her servants see the same. The metallic dragons, on the other hand, lawful, orderly. They see the world in a very different light. Um, Bahamut is gregarious, but generous, uh, kind. Have you thought to seek the help of metallic dragons on your plane? We that sounds like a great idea. tried once. Sort of. Well, one came to our aid rather unexpectedly at one time. We haven't really discovered a way to locate them and actually Now that ask. you mention it, that's but a great idea. We yeah. We're <laughs> fucking idiots. We would love to do that. Um, <laughs> if you could introduce us to some here, you could give us a, yeah. maybe a letter of recommendation to the ones on our plane, that'd be great. These guys are okay. <laughs> yes, um, just submit your resume to me. <laughs> I have it. Um. Oh, well, it seems... Uh, such interesting people. A lucky day for me. Um, I, I was I was just going to make dinner. Would you all join me? We have much to speak about. I think of course. very exciting. Can I assist you? Of course. Um, and and you may take interest in my workshop. Uh, yeah. Yes. You will. Yes. I, I'm working on many interesting <laughs> things right now. Something I think that you'll find very interesting. Okay. Um, the way that I make my money for my research. Oh, I'm very proud of it. And I think mm-hmm. you'll like it. Uh, I'd rather you see it than. Uh, and then you see him calm down. He's like, I'd rather you see it than. Okay. Can I come? Uh, of course. You all are welcome. Yeah. I just was worried no one would be interested. Oh, now, let us take a tour of it before we uh, seat wait. ourselves, before we have dinner. Yeah, I was a professor I'm of dinner. <laughs> Patches says, I'm good. I mean, I'll go. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, sure. Yes. All right, so Patches <laughs> debates Patches out loud. Patches has been very alone. <laughs> and then he says, sure. And then he's like, uh, if, if you were uninterested in the, in the arcane arts and how I make my uh, fortunes and, and receive my grants, I understand. It's, it's a bit... A bit deep for some people who are uninterested in such things, but I think you may find it amusing still. Uh, that said, you, hopefully you will join us for dinner, whatever you decide. And then he he leans over, he like pinches, like gimbals like chewed on his ear, and he like grabs his mouth and like pinches it closed and then like smacks him away and then like scratches him a little. And j- he like points over to you and Gumble flies off his shoulder and back over to you. And you can tell he's just purring and warm and he's like so happy to be o- over there with that guy who rolled a natural 20 when he tried to persuade Gumble to come over. And... <laughs> <laughs> and um, he he does. He opens these big ornate doors. They poof, 
and they're not as large as the ones to enter this place when you first came in. The elemental stones that you mentioned, they're very interesting. As he walks up to this, you're not quite in the room yet. Perhaps you should see uh, Countess Starsinger. She lives on a cloud above me. She is a cloud giant and a fortune teller. She mm. reads the stars as a living. Uh, a wonderful woman with much insight. Uh, she's been around longer than me and understands these planes better than I ever will. She knows much about uh, these elemental stones. She actually helped me um, finesse mine, refine it, so that I could make my planet float. You, you have one here? Yes. How hard are they to find on this plane? Well, uh, mineral deposits, they Imagine don't come easily around here, but between. luckily uh, these don't come from any sort of deposits, just pure... Uh, unperverted magics collecting into one place. Um, the Countess helped me tame mine. Perhaps she could help you tame yours. Or maybe it is time I free-falled again. It's been a while, and it is, it's good. It's riveting. It's good for the mind. It's stimulating. Um, and then he opens this place up, and as he opens this place, you realize that there are clouds passing through this workshop, and you can see these bottles bubbling in this place. Some of them are upside down as if gravity is reversed on them, and they are not leaking out, while others are upside down, and they are leaking out into other bottles that are below them, and they seem to be mixing back and forth. And you can see it all around this place, these high shelves and these cupboards covered in all of these strange and interesting things. Beautiful feathers, beaks, skulls, all of these plants. And then like even plain grass, it seems like it was picked from his front yard. And you can see him. He walks over and he pulls something off the shelf. It seems like it has some sort of clippings in it. And as he pulls it off, he sprinkles it into a thing. And the strangest thing that is in this room, there's a case that looks like an ant farm. But upon closer inspection, you actually notice that it's really tiny livestock. He has teeny tiny cows and pigs and chickens. And they're all living in like this ant farm style agricultural plot that he has up and against his wall. It's real life Stardew Valley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. Okay, yeah, Adelaide <laughs> loves this. Yeah, and so he says, uh, the livestock, it's, it is time consuming, but uh, when they're young, it's easy to enlarge and reduce them. I reduce them, and then I do a ritual to uh, make it permanent, and uh, it, it costs me only a few cobs of corn to feed them a year, and, uh, and then when I'm ready to make my money, I simply in the spells on them, they return to their full size, ready to be harvested by people interested in their meats, and and well, you can see where the money comes from. This uh, is so brilliant. Agricultural brilliant. bonsai. Yeah. Yemba, you are so smart. This is awesome. And you see him blush a little, and he's like... Calista is busily sketching the whole setup. <laughs> yeah, but you can see all these little cows and chickens, and they're just like grazing and, and eating, adorable. and they're like yeah. on this weird little farm, and like you can see the sky behind them, and like the elemental plane of air, and it just looks like really natural like you're looking at the world through a like magnifying glass almost and they're just going about their business they're pooping and peeing and having sex and eating grass and just living their <laughs> livestock lives just living in their own shit definitely a there's even little tiny flies sex. all around them Ugh. cute very cute very um cute. well it's it's already been revealed that uh i have an elemental stone and um well that would require a bigger favor <laughs> but uh Obviously. to use my griffins uh the delivery of this note to the Citadel of uh, Ice and Steel, I think, would be plenty. Okay. Is there His any... name is Vince? Yes. Is there any danger there? Sounds like a prison. Um, I wouldn't not call it a prison. Yeah. Uh, Are they going to try to imprison us in it when we get there? Oh, by no means. Uh, no, not here. Uh, troubled, troubled young folk. They go there to train, to become part of the military. They uh, also send young nobility there. To mm. learn how to fight. Like military rehab school. This guy okay. has, uh, how do you say, uh, big dick energy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, I suppose, I, I've never heard of the term, but maybe something from the material plane? 
Definitely. I'm not familiar with your customs, but uh, uh, yes. Anyway, um, and he starts to leave his laboratory. You see him like he gets uh, two single kernels of corn and he grinds them up in a mortar and pestle. And he gets like he pulls this ladder out like like a library ladder and he Mm -hmm. climbs up to the top of this thing. He sprinkles the corn into this like weird atrium that these livestock are living in and you see all of these little tiny chickens and cows and pigs just like start making their way up these little ramps like ants in an ant farm and then they're all just eating this like basically corn dust mm. and then he climbs back down this thing and you can just hear all their little noises like <laughs> like as they're all in here eating and he climbs back down his ladder and he's like uh dinner anyone yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and, and can we and, actually have real hamburgers? Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, what's he's, a hamburger? He's like, I have. Uh, I don't only sell my livestock. You understand? I also well prepared myself, and I'm a I'm a pretty good cook if I do say so. I've had plenty of time to do research on many things. Uh, recipes is one. But if you would join me, we can talk about your troubles and how I can be of service to you, and Absolutely. how you can be of service yeah. to. Me. I'll definitely help them assist them in the kitchen and just like talk about magic research. Okay. And yeah, being a professor back on the material plan and how uh, Adelaide was my student. And yeah, blah, 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 blah. awesome. Yeah, he's so into you guys. He's like, he loves it all. He's like completely enamored with how you know each other and where you're from and what the material plane is like. And as you're cooking, he's just cutting these big slabs of red meat off of this cow carcass mm. that he has enlarged in this freezer. And what's strange is in the back of his freezer, um, he has this strange brown mold that seems to be growing up completely on one wall. And it's fucking ice cold in it. And he's as he's talking and he's preparing this meal, he he's looking at guys specifically as you were all talking and he's like, um, this buffalo, I, I'm interested. Tell me more. What is it like? What kind of creature is it? Is it livestock? Does it fly? Is it smart? Is it uh, covered in feathers? Is it magical? Now that you say all this stuff, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buffalo are kind of like cows. Some people eat them because they're awful. This is my particular buffalo. Yeah, and as he's cutting this like meat off, he's like... I'm like, don't worry, fam. Uh, for some reason, cows have been signified as a lesser creature. Whatever. <laughs> Humans are weird. It's because I made them smaller. There we go. And uh, <laughs> buffalo is just an animal I have a very kindred bond with. I think that could happen with any any person and any animal in the right situation. It's interesting you've developed such a bond. I, I trained my griffins, but... And while I, I do love them very much, and I tend to them, and I want what's best for them, I, I wouldn't say that we have a bond it's interesting perhaps it's something i should try the buffalo that's, raised him that's that's where you're missing out <laughs> yeah you see a sleepy eyes like <laughs> you're finally all the yeah. way open yeah he's like all the way awake he's like you were raised by cattle as far as few times that i've been able to telepathically speak with the buffalo um i was found i have so many questions i was found in the woods <laughs> in a patch of grass on a dark and stormy yeah. night a little screaming naked bearded muscular baby and uh <laughs> and the buffalo found me and took care of me and we just we learned how to live in the woods together uh, incredible lives incredible lives all of you <laughs> uh, i thought i was doing incredible things here but it seems you perhaps are. i should get out of this place oh, more no, often you're doing pretty incredible things here buddy <sighs> yes well i guess we can all agree on that um and then like as he's, <laughs> as he's like serving his food out to you all he sets this like these vegetables that he's growing that like he's enlarging all of this and ending the spells on this as he is serving them to you and you all have these steaming hot beautiful looking plates of food like perfectly seared steaks and like corn that he has set out for you with some strange sort of powder on the top of it and some greens beside it and he's like eat and tell me of your troubles 
And tell me if you know of anyone else on this plane. Is this your first visit here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know anybody here. Do buffaloes always speak telepathically? No, <laughs> only when you use the spell, speak with animals. And I know this is a bit of a long shot. And uh, to make the story a little weirder, at the moment... I doubt it. Buffalo is a skeleton, and he's walking around because he's undead. Because he died, and I'm trying to bring him back to life. How much of what you have told me is natural for a buffalo? Um, <laughs> everything up until the point of him being a skeleton walking around. I must visit the material plane sometime. It's pretty cool. It's, it seems like just such a riveting place. That being said, you seem like a nice guy that has a lot of strange connections and knows a lot of weird magic. So I'm looking actively for someone that can perform a greater restoration. You could go to Borealis, the capital city. You could probably procure something like that from there. I'm no cleric, you see. I I just bend the weave to my will. Uh, you said it was a, cl- a cloud city? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it is a it, it is the capital of the, this entire realm. Um, many days journey from here, but perhaps we could figure something out if you were able to deliver this message for me, or even perhaps the Countess could make it more worth your time for less effort. While I study and do my research and have learned this place, she knows it more innately, more intuitively and naturally than I do, um, perhaps she could be your muse, your liaison, and your host. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a thank you, uh, we'll definitely be, I think, happy to go mm-hmm. see events and deliver them. That's something for you? Absolutely. I'm down. Um, it, is, it is likely that before they let you in the gate, they test your merit, your metal, your are. strength. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> say no more, fam. Um, but I would love to see... Here? Yeah, Countess Cloudsinger on the way to events. Yeah. Uh, of course, you may rest in my home. Uh, it's been long since I had guests and since I shared a, such a bountiful meal with them, since I wasn't just eating one steak alone. And uh, you, you, warm, you warm my space as much as this meal has uh, warmed my stomach. And it is good to see you. It is good to hear of other places, to extend past what I know. I have, I have guest rooms. Uh, you may stay there. They have long been used, but you are welcome in my home. And perhaps you can set out on the Griffins in the morning if you are to go to the Citadel of Ice and Steel. And I'm, I should warn you, Countess Starsinger is of this realm. She can be airheaded and aloof, um, but she knows many things. Be patient with her, and I'm sure that it will be worth your while. Okay. That's me, patient. <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, Patch is the patient. <laughs> really, Patch is here. <laughs> Yenbai, you're a real goddamn human being. I mean, gnome. That's very kind of you. Well, is there anything I can do before you turn in? And... I don't believe so. Not for me, anyway. Do you know any dragons that we could speak to? Maybe their names and where they might be? I don't know any dragons, personally. I stick to my griffins. Dragons are a strange political bunch, and though they often mean well, they, well, they have higher aspirations than me. And if, well, truth be told, if I'm being honest with myself and with my guests, uh, their knowledge of magic and their use of it... Uh, it dwarfs mine and often makes me feel like what I'm doing is well, no they're good. They're a bit older. Yes. Well, you're right there. <laughs> Perhaps the Countess can help you with that as well, though okay. dragons and giants don't often see eye to eye. That makes sense. If everybody else is cool, I say we go to Na-na-na. sleepy time. Yeah. yeah. You get to this guest room in the furniture. This room, by the way, all the rooms in here have been enormous, like way too big the furniture has been too big the doors are too big it seems really strange that this like small guy is living here and like all the doors open for him there's no way he could reach these handles himself Mm -hmm. and he's just like he's using some sort of 
very simple spell to open and shut these doors behind him. He's not using his own hands to do it. But as you walk into the guest room, it is no exception. The beds in here are three times bigger than they need to be, and there are six of them. So each of you can have your own. There are these huge (laughs) fucking foot lockers. It It is beautifully well lit in here. And outside, it still seems like it is in this constant tug of war between sunrise and sunset. But as he walks into this place, he holds his hands up and he pulls them down and you see these shades come over. And as they do, this room blacks out and then these small crystals sing to life. Just and you see these like lapis lazuli blue crystals that are lighting this room. And then you see these small white dots starting to form around them, almost like stars in the sky. And uh, Yinba just says, sleep well, friends. This visit has meant more to me than you realize. And upon your return, perhaps we can speak more, help each other in some other ways. But for the use of my griffins, I think that the delivery of this letter to Vince is more than enough. And there is something else I should mention to you about the delivery of this letter. Vince is not troubled, but from the Citadel of Ice and Steel. His family own it. His father is king. And he has a star-crossed lover in Borealis. Her name is Catherine. She is nobility as well. They are not supposed to be speaking with one another. So the discretion of the delivery of this letter is important. And anyone who would take it to him or her will need to read it first. So it's important that it touches their hands and their hands only. I'll read it. (laughs) He is a dear friend of mine. I I just do this as a favor, as a liaison between the two. The situation they're in is unfortunate, and I would see them out of it sooner than later. But they are young, and, well, the young often fall in love quicker than the old. (laughs) They haven't seen as much, but maybe there's some beauty in that. All this to say, be discreet, be careful, and if someone asks you why you're in the Citadel of Ice and Steel, just tell them it's to fight, assuming you all can fight. That works out a lot better than the last time we had to tell people why why we were somewhere. (laughs) They're a hard bunch, but if you prove your mettle, they'll accept you as one of their own. No questions asked. Cool. Sleep well, friends. Thank Thank you. you. And one last roll before the night... Was the tea poison? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah. As you're, as you're rolling inside, you shit your pants. We all <laughs> die. TPK from the tea. Yeah. TPK. Ah. Wow. We all died. Uh, good night, so everybody. Yenba leaves you Welcome. in this room. Uh, did you want to say something, Callista? I did. Well, two things. Now that we've had that conversation, first of all, I don't think he means that we need to read it. I think he means that we shouldn't let it be delivered by someone else to them. We need to give it directly to them because the person in the middle of that would read it and it would be bad. I was, I was just joking because I can't read. Oh, <laughs> patches, I Get forgot fucked. about that for a minute. Forget Honey, me. I would read it we to should you. Read it anyway. uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, this doesn't fucking say anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Light it on fire. Uh, but speaking of that, if, does somebody have some illusion magic that could make it appear to say something else if it does get taken from us by somebody Ooh, else? Ooh, I think I do. And in the meantime, you, while you're thinking about that, Arwell, mm-hmm. how hard would it be, or do you have the materials you would need to make another music box? Yeah, I've, probably. If not, I, could, I think I saw enough that he probably does. Yeah. Right? Some scrap. I'd, oh, sure. Yeah. He just seems so lonely here. I'd like to leave I was him actually, with something to remember. Yes. I was going to wake up early and make him a music box, like Brie? quite literally. Yeah. I was going to ask that too. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write you a song to go in it, a okay. special one yeah. for him um, before I, we go to bed. I would love to do that again with you. The kobolds loved it. Yeah, I'd like to did. draw him a, a, a picture of the buffalo that he can keep. Bless. And it's okay. bad because I can't no, draw I with a fuck. No. Heard. She makes it with dung. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> it's just shit and blood. Like, what the fuck is this? 
you you two are working together to make a music box. Guy is making. Are you actually going to make a drawing of the buffalo? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm going to cool. make it um, very pretty. Does anyone want to do anything else before sleepy times? You guys go sleepy times. Oh, yeah. um, and as you sleep in this place, Arwell, well, you have a dream. You have a very strange and specific dream. You have a dream of a pilgrimage or of nomads. It's hard to tell exactly where they are, but you were watching them, and they walk for far too long. And they seem weary. And there are four of them, as far as you can tell. And as they walk on this pilgrimage, the sky is always at their backs. They seem to walk on one hill, and it seems like maybe they're never moving forward, but that the sky is moving past them as they walk in place. One sits atop a large antlered beast with bells dangling beneath its jowls. And there is some sort of strange aura floating around the person on the back of this. There are tiny stones that are circling around them like moons. One person pulls a rope that pulls this strange beast with the bells dangling beneath it, and then two people walk on either side of them. And as they walk, the sky is still moving past them. It is a bright and it is a brilliant sky. And then the sky begins to separate. You can see the clouds moving, and as the clouds move, they darken. And as these clouds darken, you see a very strange mountain far in the distance. And then you see that mountain start to move, and you realize that it is an enormous body that takes up the entire horizon. And as it takes up the entire horizon, it takes up a sword. And it takes up this sword, and you see its head transform into this serpentine-like head, and it drives the sword into its own heart. And as it drives the sword into its own heart, you see this blood start to pour from its mouth, and that blood takes flight, and it grows wings, and it flies away and into these people, and as it passes over them, they all turn to stone, and to dust, and then into skeletons. And they're petrified in place, and you can see the moon sitting just behind the strange big head of this serpentine-like colossus that's sitting on the horizon, its blood dripping down this enormous sword that is in front of it. And everything has gone still. The clouds don't move anymore, and those stones that were floating around the person, they seem to be tracing a circle around them. And then you see a really intricate aura come out of that, and then you wake up. Um, I'd like to see if I can go ahead and try to sketch that circle if it was like it looked like anything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. try to uh, sketch it down really quickly. I can actually. Ooh, I did nat twenty. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> Shit. You would notice that it wasn't just an aura around them, but that in a language that uh, what language did you speak? Remind me. Mine, um, I speak common, gnomish, draconic, and elvish. That's a lot of languages. (laughs) Floating around the skull in a language that you don't speak, you recognize the words around it. The the most disturbing part of it is not the enormous corpse that is sitting on the horizon, though that is certainly disturbing. It's that these people, the clouds clouds still are moving past them, and though they aren't walking in place anymore, it seems like they are making the same progress they were before, Mm -hmm. even though in their petrified skeletal states on this weird skeletal mount. Uh, And if nobody wants to do anything else, we're going to end episode 53 right there. Bye-bye. If you write it down, I can read uh, all He wrote it writing. in a language he knows. Uh, Through okay. his dream and with a natural he's 20, he knew what it was, but he's not sure what language it was. Uh, okay. Well, I can read the writing. Maybe. Episode oh. 53! Oh my gosh, this place ever. That was a very successful episode. Yeah, you guys didn't fuck up that bad at all. Oh, man. <laughs>
What a spooky dream, huh? Man, I wonder what it means. It was super cryptic and spooky and well-written, and whoever wrote it deserves a five-star review on your podcast provider. You know what I'm saying. Take a second, hit that five-star review button. Thanks for getting to the end of episode 53 of Hit Dice. I'm so glad you were able to join us. Hey, in all seriousness... Take a second, smack that five-star review. It takes uh, less time than it is taking you to listen to me running my mouth this very moment. And when you're done with that, head on over to any of our social medias. Tell us what you think of our whole entire podcast, of where we are, of how it's been going, of what you think might happen, where you think Lander might be, who you think the bad guy is, even if it's super obvious. And you can talk to us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter. Our handle on all of them is Hit Dice Pod. We also have a really incredible website. And if you haven't checked it out, you really should because there's a ton of super awesome fan art on there of everything from the main five in the podcast, the Horizon Walkers, all the way to your favorite NPCs like Madame and Gumble. And I was just actually looking at it before I started recording this. And there's just some really cool stuff on there. And if you feel like contributing, feel free. We also have a store where you can support us directly. We have a lot of really cool stuff on there, like custom adventures that we wrote and designed that you can run at home, like pins so you can put some flair and show off your favorite podcast on your backpack, scarf, jacket, you name it. And then lastly, a great, big, fat, wet, I don't know why it's wet, shout out to Dice Envy, our sponsor. We love them. They love you. We love you. And we hope that you love them. If you haven't, get a set of super kick-ass dice from them. They have uh, such a big collection that I usually struggle to do the commercials because there's so much potential. And I just end up listing off a lot of stuff because I'm so excited about all of it. So go in there and pick out a set of dice or a few that are perfect for you or your favorite dungeon master or tabletop role player. Thanks for hanging in there with us. I love you. And until next week, get on over to DiceEnvy.com and enter the code HitDicePod at checkout for 10% off. And... (laughs) I'll catch you next week, adventurers. 